Good morning. Good morning. Awesome to see everybody here. And it's, it's a joy to be back with you this Sunday. Although it was also a joy to have been away at our annual session of the New York Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church at Hofstra University on Long Island. And it was a special joy to have been there with Jean Kane, our lay delegate for the conference. There were a lot of firsts for Jeannie on this conference, right? Her first time there, her first time driving through New York City, her first time staying in a dorm room, her first time voting for delegates to our global United Methodist Conference. I don't know that Jeannie's ever going to be the same person after this conference. She saw a side of the United Methodist Church that far more people should see, a church that's filled with love, joy, patience, respect, justice, and hope, that embraces all people of all walks of life. That's us. And I saw something come alive in Jeannie at our conference, something that I hope will continue to grow. Faith helps us to become part of new, God's new creation in Christ. It helps us to grow in new ways, ways that might seem a little bit scary at first, but like Jeannie braiding the Long Island Expressway to get to our annual conference, faith can lead us to places that we'd hardly imagined before, places that make us part of something new, something better, something bigger. We can be a part of the plan that God has in mind for us and for all of God's world. And the only question is, what will we do to be a part of that plan? Will you pray with me, please? Gracious Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the United Methodist Church. We thank you for your universal church in Christ that invites us in to be Something that we have heard is the new creation. We want to be a part of it, Lord. Show us the way. And so, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people. We pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I went to the conference too as a matter of course, and I don't necessarily uh, like driving out there, and I definitely don't like driving through the gas line construction in Durham on the way here on Sundays from my home, but there are parts of my drive from my home that are really pretty. I love going past the lakes. I love going through the forests. I love going past the beautiful New England houses and past fields filled with cows and crops. And there's one particular field of corn that looks amazing this time of year. Out of the bare earth, stalks of corn are beginning to appear, about six or 10 inches high. For the better part of a mile, you can see long rows of sprouts growing into tall stalks of corn that will feed people and animals in our cities and our towns. All this, from tiny dry seeds stuck into the dirt. 
Life is a miracle, isn't it? Amen? Amen. Scientists have looked at the surface of Mars for decades now. And all they can say is that Mars has some chemicals that might, might be signs of life. Now, if a space probe came from another planet to our planet, it would be very hard for it not to find signs of life, right? From the deepest oceans to the highest mountains to the hottest and coldest places, life rocks the face of our planet. Earth is alive everywhere. Earth is God's sacred creation. Earth is God's gift of life, given to us in perfect love, and yet life is more than just this beautiful place that we call God's creation. Life is a plan, a design for growth, which starts with each living creature's genes stored in one kind of seed or another that triggers our growth into the creatures that we're meant to be. Every single living creature on the planet does this. We're all part of God's creation that we call life. All part of the same orchestra of life. Each of us playing our own tune, but part of this huge symphony. Played differently each day in our lives. I think that this is one of the reasons why Jesus, the Son of God, told stories about seeds so often. A seed is simple, right? It's just a, a speck in the palm of our hands. Pretty much anyone can plant a seed. And everyone knows how to get them growing. You add water, the fertile soil, and the warmth of the sun. In fact, you don't even need to be a, a person to get a seed growing. Only a tiny fraction of all of the seeds of all of the living things on our planet are planted by us. God's creation plants itself where it needs to, when it needs to, and how it needs to. And Jesus knew this. And so his stories of seeds helped people to understand how our faith can grow. I don't know how God moved Jeannie to become, get her new perspective on faith at our conference any more than people in the time of Jesus understood how a seed would grow into a plant. I only know that God did this. I planted in her God's call to go there. And the amazingly warm and fertile soil of faith at the conference helped. The waters of renewing our baptism there helped. But God is at the heart of this new life growing in her and in you. And when we let in the warm light of God's Holy Spirit into our hearts, when we allow our minds and hearts to let go of the shell of our sins and let the new creation that it's life in Christ to grow, things happen that we don't understand, even if God does. And if we're honest with ourselves, because we really don't understand how faith changes us when it grows in us, sometimes we can be a, a bit afraid of what faith does to us. And I think Jesus knew very well that people were afraid of real faith. In the Gospel of Mark, we see Jesus holding as his highest example of life created from God's seeds, not a plant that a farmer would plant, but a weed. Mustard plants 
And the land of Jesus grew everywhere. They, they were like weeds that grow in the cracks of sidewalks. You couldn't stop them growing if you wanted to. And if they were left to grow, they would come not just big, but huge. So huge that birds could make their nests in its branches and find safety and comfort. This was nothing like the typical plant that a farmer expected to plant in a field, is it? My dear family in Christ, the seed that planted the Methodist movement in John Wesley's heart more than 200 years ago cannot be kept in neat little rows doing just what people want it to do. We cannot keep our faith ready for harvest at our will in patterns that make us comfortable without missing our part in a greater plan of faith that God has given us. There's a messy side to faith, a challenging side to faith, a side to faith that requires us to see that the end goal of faith includes us and helps us to grow in miraculous ways, but also asks us to see that our part in God's plan of love is not the whole of the plan. The whole of the plan is something that the apostle called Paul called in 2 Corinthians the new creation. The new creation is the world looking more and more like Christ, more like a mustard plant that grows where it has to, when it has to, how it has to, nurturing life all around us, even life that's not like our own kind of life, amen? The new creation in Christ is less concerned with what we get out of faith and more concerned about what faith gives to both us and to the world again and again, knowing that every living thing comes from the same strand of cosmic stardust that formed everything in all of creation. The new creation in Christ is a breaking of every chain that holds back our expectations for what God's love can do to change our lives, be it our sinfulness, our fearfulness, our woundedness, our guilt, our anger, our shame, our sorrows. This is the faith that God calls Christians to enact again and again. When we open our church doors for prayer for anyone and everyone who needs faith day after day, we're part of the new creation in Christ. When we begin to use Unity House, not only to house refugee families, but young families from right here in Meriden who need help to move to a better place in their life, we are a part of the new creation in Christ. When we help people around the world who need basic human dignity and hope, we are a part of the new creation in Christ. And when we find the courage to study the Bible in our faith groups with other people, even when we've never studied it before, and share from our hearts what we hear God calling us towards, we are a part of the new creation in Christ. When we stop and take that moment to be Christ for a stranger or friend, and witness to our faith in Christ to strangers and friends, we are a part of the new creation in Christ. My dear family in Christ, 
We are part of the plan that it's God's love given to us through God's Holy Spirit for a transformative life through faith in Jesus Christ. But if we want it to be only our plan and not part of God's greater plan, then it will never really be God's plan at all. It will only be an organized way to get what we want when we want it and not what God wants. We're more than just a row of corn. We're children of God who were meant to help God grow the kingdom of God in our hearts and here on this beautiful planet in whatever beautiful way that God needs it to grow. Be a part of God's plan for new creation. Let go of everything that stops faith from letting you grow as God meant you to grow, including your fear of faith. Be a part of the plan, a plan that will save your life and all life on this beautiful earth of God's creation. May the people say, Please be seated. Thank you for your patience on the uh, slides today. We have uh, some cranky batteries, it looks like. I have a mission moment here. There are four important things that we're doing as a church and mission that I want to bring to your attention. Uh, the first part, you're, you're very aware of how everybody in the church has worked so hard all year to prepare for a mission to Nicaragua, to the village that we have supported for many years. And unfortunately, because of the State Department advisories on travel to that nation, we cannot make it there ourselves this year. And next Sunday, we're going to be discussing how we might be able to fund supplies going to that village so that the work there can continue. So if you're part of the mission team or interested in this discussion, I pray that you'll invite us for that discussion. Uh, come join us for that discussion next Sunday. But the mission work of the United Methodist Church goes on. And one of the major announcements at our New York Annual Conference last week was a covenant relationship between our New York Annual Conference and the Bishop of Puerto Rico of the Methodist Church there. And our conference is covenanting with the people of Puerto Rico to help them recover from the hurricane damage there for as long as it takes as a part of the United Methodist Committee on Relief effort there. And I will be approaching both members of this congregation and members of our community to put together a mission team that we may be able to go there sometime in the months ahead and help rebuild the tens of thousands of homes that have yet to be rebuilt there. We are rebuilding lives here in Meriden as well. And so I want to uh, alert you to two important initiatives. Number one, you may recall that we had our paint party with four other United Methodist churches back in March of this year. Well, the transitional age youth program at Women and Family Center is about to open on Monday, July 2nd. And as we discussed at that time, that was just, the painting is just the beginning of the mission that we are going to be doing in conjunction with them. 
on the table in the back of the church, you will find a sign-up list for people who can help these young people develop adult skills. And there are things that you can do to help them. Crafts. How to cook. How to use a computer. Okay, I'll be helping with that. But uh, if you have computer skills, if you have adult the sorts of skills to help people learn how to do and fold their laundry, how to be a responsible adult. There are adults in our community that need that help. And I hope and pray that in the weeks ahead that you'll be prepared to be a part of that team. And finally, in conjunction with WFC's Transitional Age Youth Program and our shelter now here in Meriden, uh, we are preparing to accept a young family in Unity House a young single mother with two children for a transitional period of time, about a week. And we're working out the protocol so that we can work with our community servants that are triggered by 211 to help young families in need through temporary housing in Unity House when it's not being used to house our, our refugee families. So there's a lot happening in here in Mission, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that we had some of our hymns here on Espanol, because we need to be reaching out to a diverse world here to make sure that we are really part of the new creation in Christ. And so I hope and pray in the weeks ahead that you'll be a part of these missions one way or the other. Thank you. It's time now for the prayers of the people. When we lift up our concerns and joys, our wounds and our healing. And of course, every week we ask you to bring home your bulletins. Pray for the people in the bulletin on an ongoing basis who are ill, who are troubled, who are mourning, who have loved ones in the military. Keep them in your heart. Reach out to them. Reach out to a person that you have not reached out to in a long time. And ask how it goes with their soul. This week we pray for Gary Whippick, husband of Maria, who is undergoing cancer treatment. We pray for Alan Gorto, who is ill. We pray Happy Father's Day, a joyful celebration of family. And we thank this church for all your prayers <coughs> for... <coughs> Uh, Lorraine's three-year-old uh, granddaughter who had uh, a tumor removed from her brain, was it? Her what? Yeah, brain tumor. It was removed from her brain. This was a planned surgery. And to God be the glory, she's come through it just fine so far. And we thank you for all of your prayers. We also pray for our community. God of creation, God of salvation, 
God of healing and transforming love will reach out to you as humble people in a complicated world. Sometimes we get overwhelmed by our sickness and then receive the joy of good news that sickness can be healed, that hearts can be mended, that lives can go on. We need such hope, O oh Lord. We pray for these people who need your healing. We pray for your world that needs your healing. <coughs> we pray for our partners in mission and in God's greater church, who we want to work with together to bring the new creation to this planet, soon and very soon, and even now. Instill in us your love through the grace of your Holy Spirit, unite us in your strength, and prepare us to move forth from this place as beacons of everlasting love that comes from you and you alone. As we pray the prayer, that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. Amen. We do have a, a loving and generous God whose warm love has brought you here today. And in gratitude for that God and the work that God can do in us and through us, we now present our tithes and offerings that this church may reflect the glory of God.